Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is three topics, actually. First, fall of America and fighting against the government. Then, I'm going to bring you an update on the number of the beast. And also the perfect storm, which by this is defined as everything just going wrong all at the same time. So we'll start with the internal revolution. Now, I know you've heard this for many years, but we have a lot of new listeners, so I'm going to leave this up here and let them pause and read all the details. But for you that have been listening for a while, I'm just going to make the point. Here's where we're going with. So the angels said to Dimitri back in 1984 that the fall of America would start with an internal revolution in America, started by the communists, which I believe the internal revolution has not yet started. I believe it will be when tanks literally roll in and take over the United States Capitol. And then there's going to be some good guys who will be very, very happy, but there's going to be some bad guys, and that's kind of a major topic we're going to talk about today, some bad guys that are not going to like it, and some of the people will start fighting against the government. Now, Terry Bennett saw the same thing back in 2001. The same angel visited him, the angel Gabriel, and told him that the military will step in and seize control of a federal government. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. So there's two people that have been told by the same angel, they say, and I believe Demetri and I believe Terry Bennett too. Then Jack Rigney comes along in 2001. He saw in a dream an armored battalion of tanks, literally, rolling into the Capitol Supreme Court and White House, taking over the buildings and arresting the bad guys. So now we have three people that have seen that. Three people that I don't think know each other, and yet they see the same thing. News Wars headline says, Night of Rage, Dozens arrested as pro-abortion mobs violently siege medical centers, assault police, storm the Arizona Capitol. It goes on to say dozens of pro-abortion rioters were arrested during their night of rage on Friday and Saturday night following the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, if I can talk. Throwing smoke bombs and trying to fight the police. And they shoved people and an SPD officer through punches at one person. It goes on saying that California's Governor Gavison Newsom has made a pledge that the state of California will be a sanctuary for abortion. It goes on to say, oh, well, don't waste the time on this opportunity to riot loose. They're almost out of free stuff. And this is a rioter and a looter saying, look, we just basically want to go out. We want to break stuff and steal stuff. That's their attitude. Because we've taken prayer out of schools, we've taken Christianity out of our nation, so our nation is filled with a bunch of evildoers. Many of the rioters who assaulted police were dressed in Antifa black block garb. Left-wing domestic terrorists are attacking the police. Video captured a rioter burning a police officer with a makeshift flamethrower, can you imagine, was charged with attempted murder. I believe that this is what it's going to be like after the internal revolution starts. You think the overturning Roe v. Wade caused a problem. You think that they're now allowing people to pray after the games is a problem. And then if they, I will say this without getting taken off, if they overturn the election and DJT gets back in, you can imagine the whole nation will erupt. That's a major thing I want to talk about today. So this dream was given to Dana Coverstone back in 2020. Now, let me just say, 
I love Dana Coverstone. I think he's hearing from God. I think that where a lot of people misunderstand is they think that these are prophecies that you can write in stone that are guaranteed to come to pass. I don't think that. I think that these things, these dreams have been given to Dana Coverstone. I believe they are of God, but I think many of them, not all of them, but many of them are not prophecies. They're not saying this is guaranteed to come to pass. They're saying this is guaranteed to come to pass if you don't pray. So these are prayer topics. This is God warning America. Look, this is on the horizon if you don't pray. But I also think that if we do pray, a lot of this can be stopped. And we've already stopped a lot of stuff. Let's go on. So he says, in this dream, I was standing over a field, looking down on a valley where thousands of dark gray menacing wolves were all sleeping. This is back in June, two years ago. Now think back. Two years ago, we hadn't seen the riots yet. We hadn't seen the burning, the looting. We haven't seen that. At that point, they were all asleep. So it was true. However, this is a warning. Christians, you got to pray. Christians, you got to pray. I'll say it again. Christians, you got to pray. They were nuzzling each other, just laying around with no movement at all. And a lot of the evil people in America, that's exactly what. They were just laying around. They weren't causing problems. But something stirs them up. Suddenly, a very dark figure, and you can imagine that that's Lucifer at the head of it, but he also has a lot of other people, lower people, that are going out and basically kicking people, kicking them in the legs, kicking them in the feet to begin with, tell them, wake up, go out, fight. A very dark figure began running into the middle of the wolves, whipping the wolves. The wolves began to wake up. They were shrieking and making horrible noises, so they were being woken up due to being hurt. The person kept whipping them and stirring them up into a frenzy. He was not just beating them. He was instilling fear in them. Every single wolf had been hit by the man. They, this is, okay, this is a spiritual battle, but the spiritual shows up in the physical. It was like their master, and he kept whipping the wolves. Now, this just came to me in an email just today. This has to do with the Roe v. Wade thing. The radical Christians are found in the rural areas. Sad to say, but that's pretty much true. Their towns are defenseless. They have almost no cops or their firemen or volunteers. They have to borrow cops and firemen from neighboring jurisdictions miles away in order to handle anything big. And they think they're safe out there. Forget burning cities. Cities are on our sides. In other words, he's talking about big cities. It's time for the rural areas to feel the heat. You show up a hundred deep in every rural town at a 50-mile radius intent on revolution, you'll crash their system and make them pay. I hope you're listening. And if you all think I'm kidding, I'm dead serious. This was caused by backward rural conservatives operating out of a Christianized worldview, even if they're not a Christian. They're heavily influenced by it. They were the ones who voted for DJT in 16. Those disillusioned, redneck, white, trash, blue-collar, to quote a country song, types who flipped massively for the GOP punished them, punished their towns. They say BLM burned the cities to the ground. I say let them see firsthand what it's like when a community is truly burned to the ground. They want a civil war? They should have been careful what they asked for and voted for. I'm not the organizing type, 
but maybe someone who is can organize it. Start in a certain state in the Midwest, often called the South's middle finger to America. It's literally what the South would have looked like if it wasn't reconstructed. Now back to the dream. The wolves finally cowered down. He stopped and pointed his finger, turning in a circle and said, go to the cities. Now that's what we've seen. They've gone to the big cities. However, count on it. It's not just staying in the big cities. Those wolves took off in every direction, howling, howling and howling at the top of their lungs. The dark figure was sending the wolves to the cities after being whipped and beaten. The scene changed. I was standing in front of hundreds of TV sets or computer screens. I saw men and women of God, pastors, blacks, whites, Asians, Indians, all around the world. I saw myself when we were all preaching the gospel, sweating with fervency and impact on our preaching. We were teaching biblical principles and dealing with major issues in culture. We were calling people to righteousness, holiness, and to give up godly things that were part of their lives. I saw people in chairs in the back of the church, looking at the watches and yawning. Some had their heads on the back of their chairs and pews asleep. Others were just uncomfortable. They didn't want to be there. Some people were walking out. I saw a handful, a core group at the front of every church, emphasizing, emphatically listening, and supporting their pastors, supporting the God doctrine, and teaching in the ideas that were coming from these men and women of God. The people at the front were kneeling in prayer. They knew some people were, now hang on, what's he saying? What is he saying? Have you seen this in the churches? I have. I've seen people come into our church and not even sit five minutes before they leave. Many of them do come in, but they don't come back. Because, see, they're not really looking for the gospel. They're not really chasing after Jesus, in my opinion. Even the ones that want to be there, they're really not wanting to live Christ-like. They're just simply going there as a guarantee. Well, just in case it's true, I want to go to heaven. So they come there for a quick little prayer, a quick little toss a dollar in the basket, but they're not really looking to live the life of Christians. So what it's saying is that there's going to become a big divide, wider and wider and wider. The people at the front were kneeling in prayer. Okay, these are the real Christians. Want to know if you're a real Christian? Are you reading your Bible? That's a good test. Are you praying on your knees? That's another good test. Are you praying on your knees every day? Let's go on. They knew some people were not paying attention, were praying for those people in chairs behind them. There was a gap. That's one of the reasons we call it fast gap. we got to stand in the gap for our nation, my brothers and sisters. There was a gap between those really listening and paying attention and those who were not. Suddenly, the howling of the wolves was heard outside. Oh, you could hear them scratching at the door, trying to get in. What's going on? The wolves outside are not trying to get in to get saved. They're trying to get in to destroy the church, my brothers and sisters, and it's coming to a neighborhood near you. That's the reason I've asked people to join either Fast Track or Fast Gap or ideally both. Now, Fast Track is praying for for, for Prophecy Club. Fast Gap is standing in the gap praying for America. You can join either one of them, free, at prophecyclub.com. Just go prophecyclub.com, slide all the way to the bottom, sign up. You can quit any time you want to, and here's my promise. I never ask for donations. I never send product offers. 
I'm only asking people to fast and pray. And the fast is really tough. No, it's not. From Tuesday evening, when I send an email directly from me to you, okay, I send an email saying, this is what we're praying for this week. Then the fast begins Tuesday evening at midnight, and it's over Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Not real tough, but the Fast Track team is coming up on almost 1,000 weeks. I think it's like 9.59 or something like that. The 959th week, we've been fasting and praying for Prophecy Club. Now, we've uh, got about 500 people already signed up for Fast Gap. Is that enough? Do you think that's enough, just 500 people fasting and praying for a nation to be able to turn these things around? I don't. I think it's a good step in the right direction. But, I mean, we've only been doing it now for five weeks. That's okay. But if you want, look, if you want to be part of the solution, really turn this around, join it. Okay, let's go on. The people up front began to pray against the enemy intensively and aggressively against the spirit that was at the door. Suddenly, the wolves began to come in and began to back to walk, began to come in the back and walk around and sniff the people at the back who were not listening. They didn't even realize the wolves were there as the wolves began to sit in the pews beside the sleepy people not listening. Even by those who did not really understand, there was no fear, no worry, no concern. Why? Because the wolves, they already had those people. They weren't a problem. The problem, those tongue-talking, on-fire, born-again, soul-winning Christians, that's the problem. I just went to my 50-year class reunion this past Friday and Saturday night. And I was sitting at the table. One of the people said, so what kind of church do you pastor? I said, well, you would call it an old-fashioned church, one that the way they used to do it like 80 to 100 years ago, you'd call it a King James only, where we don't lie to our people and tell people that they don't have to worry about the end times, that Jesus is going to come in the sky and suck them off the earth so they don't have to go through any testing or trouble. Instead, we're on fire, born again, soul-winning, tongue-talking Christians that are trying to save the world. She said, please tell me more. What? That's the kind of church I'm looking for. I cannot tell you how many people email me looking for that kind of church. All, of course, I have to tell them, well, move to Plano, Texas. That's where the church is. Sad to say, I don't know of another church out there like that. Anyway, let's go on. Suddenly, the wolves begin to come in, begin to walk around, sniff the people at the back. Skipping it. There was no fear, no worry, concern. I read that. Okay. Sin cannot be a part of our lives. The louder, more intensely I preached and the dealt with more issues of sin and more the wolves sent in their church began to stir. The people who were not listening began saying, oh, shut up. Stop saying that. I don't want to hear that. They were aggressively saying, stop saying those things. I kept preaching and preaching. The wolves were wrestling and nudging the people and getting them worked up. Got that? Okay, the wolves were nudging the people at the back that were asleep. What's the Bible say? In When Prophecy Club first started in 1993, radio station manager that invited me to start the program said, let me just tell you in advance, the people that will attack Prophecy Club, the people that will attack you are not the people of the world. Instead, they're the people in the church. They are the Christians. And you know now some almost, well, 29 years later, Guess what? He was right. I cannot tell you one attack I've ever received from anyone that's not saved or from any of those types that are at the back of the church. The ones that attack us the most are the ones that call themselves Christians. They're the ones that attack. 
He was right. They were aggressively saying, stop saying those things. The wolves were wrestling and nudging the people, getting them worked up. They stirred up the people, and the wolves started coming after me. On the screens, I saw wolves coming up near the pastors and preachers and other men and women of God who were trying to say, don't do this. Stop doing this. Stop sinning. Turn around. You have to walk to the narrow path. And the gate was very small to get in. And they were preaching that kind of a message, you know, like the Bible says. As we were preaching, those wolves started nipping at my leg and bit others. I saw on the screen, they started growling and getting in our face. They kept biting and biting and they kept attacking us. The louder we got, the louder the wolves got. See, this is what's coming, unless, my brothers and sisters, unless we fast and pray. We can stop this. How do we know we can stop this? Because Jesus gave us power over serpents and over scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. It's what we say. It's what comes out of our mouth in, in a fasted prayer that destroys this. And we can destroy this. But we have to do it together. Because wherever two or more greed is touching anything, anything will be given them. One can put a thousand flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and be given. It's what we pray that can destroy this. That's why God gave him these dreams. They kept attacking us. The louder we got, the louder the wolves got. The people at the altar were praying for safety and protection. The wolves are stirring up the people who are not listening and getting them to attack the preachers that were trying to preach the message that God gave. The intensity of the moment was profound. I was preaching and trying to kick off a wolf here and there. People were getting up, leaving and slamming the doors and making big scenes. We're not coming back. You won't shut up, so we're done hearing this. Stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. And they just left. Suddenly, the scene changed. Then I saw courtrooms. In other words, it's not just staying in the churches, my brothers and sisters. It's warning us. If we don't pray, this is what's coming. And it's more than just churches. It's coming to the Christian hometowns. It's coming to the Christian homes. I saw courtrooms and judges with gavels pounding the bench. I saw pastors in chains. I was shackled myself. I saw people in the jury seats in the witness stand. They were crying and the judge was saying, you can't preach like this anyway. You can no longer declare this type of lifestyle as a sin. You cannot say anything bad about this kind of lifestyle. You cannot say anything bad about this situation. You cannot address these things from the pulpits ever again. You cannot say this. You cannot say that. You cannot say Jesus is the only way. You cannot say abortion is a sin. You cannot deal with your alternative lifestyle. You can. You call them awful, terrible things. You cannot say these things that violate Scripture. You can no longer preach from the Scriptures. In America, you better know it's coming. But you better know, my brothers and sisters, we can stop this. We can stop this. We can. He's given us the power. Remember, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It's going. Most of us pastors were saying, we can't do that. We can't stop. We're not going to stop. The gavel came down in anger. The judges were mad. I saw churches surrounding my mobs by mobs of people yelling, shut it down, burn it down. I saw people so hateful towards the church. I saw people harassing. Now listen harassing believers as they were going into the church services and coming out of the church services, hateful attitudes toward church, hateful. Try to imagine people catching you in the parking lot 
harassing you, throwing water on you. Maybe it's hot water. What if it's worse? Beating you up, burning the churches. But the thing that stood out the most were the people who had been sitting in the church pews asleep or not listening became the biggest persecutors of the church. The biggest persecution will come from the tares who sat in the church pews but never really accepted the word of God as the true word of God. They were raised in church all of their lives, but walked away. They went off to the godless college so that they wouldn't have to work as hard as their dad. Then they come back, and they don't do anything. Because they did not like the preaching of the true word of God, the preaching which says, this is sin. Sin is wrong. You cannot walk in this, and you can't do this and still be a believer. It was the sons and daughters and grandchildren of Christians. I'll say it again. It was the sons and the daughters and grandchildren of Christians. They had been raised in the church all of their lives, but became persecutors, saying, we've had it. There's nothing in this gospel for me. This gospel has no power. It has no authority. It says I can have. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. I cannot go where I want. Can't do what I want. I can't. Do, it always tells me what I can't do. I've heard people say that. Those were the people who were screaming and throwing rocks. They had baseball bats and guns in their hands. Baseball bats, bats and guns in their hands. They were throwing threats of those of us who were coming out of the church, coming out of the church, going into the church. The anger was led once again by those who had fallen away. Now, why, why are we talking about this? Say, look it. If you think the anger is in the streets because of Roe v. Wade or because of this uh, coach that has been allowed to pray, if you think that's bad, wait until the internal revolution takes place. Wait until the good guys kick out the bad guys. You ain't seen nothing yet. That's the whole point I'm trying to say, is some of the people will start fighting against the government. Look at and what happened, what are we going to do when it's worse than just attacking and burning the churches? So we got those 35 suitcase nukes secreted all over America. So says 31 different voices. 31? Okay, what are you going to do with that? So what happens if they start setting those off at dams and bridges and in sports stadiums filled with people? What happens when those are the kind of attacks? It's not just little small things. What happens when the church is filled with 3,000 people and a suitcase nuke goes off or they, they burn the church, lock the doors? <laughs> I mean, that's in history. Okay, that's the way it has happened in the past. Those were the people who were pushing back against everything they'd been taught. They had gone off to college, become liberal. All they think about is the same thing. Those who are given to so much of the ideas of the protest movements that we see today, the ideologies that say that one race is better than others. The pastors who were preaching were of every race and color. I saw black, white, Native American, Indian, African, Russian, Chinese. I saw the people who were preaching the gospel, the biggest persecution came from those who had walked away from the church. I might add, Dimitri Dudeman was told that the greatest punishment will come to those people who turn their back on the light of Christ. They turned their back on him. I saw pulpits being chopped with axes. By the way, if that's all that's happened, if they just burned the churches if they just chop the pulpits with axes, if that's all they do, we got off easy. 
because I don't think that's all they're going to do. I think that this is just a mild warning. I think it's going to get lots worse than that. Look, there's now, the count now is over 100 different food processing places that have been destroyed in the last 12 months. Not an accident. They have now gone to our energy places, refineries. It was going to stop. Like they told Benjamin Netanyahu, Netanyahu uh, try it again. Like they told Benjamin Fulford, we've ruled this planet for thousands of years and we'll destroy it rather than give it up. They're in the process of destroying it because they see they're in the process of losing it. I saw pulpits being chopped with axes. I saw big, old, wooden pulpits chopped to pieces. Plexiglass pulpits chopped to pieces. Christians in chains. I saw, now, again, this is not a prophecy. This is a warning. And I'm calling you, I'm calling you to join me. Fast Track to Pray for America. Fast, excuse me, Fast Track to Pray for Prophecy Club. Fast Gap to Pray for America. I saw them being publicly ridiculed and assaulted because their ideas were old-fashioned and needed to go. See, I should never have to tell somebody that our church is old-fashioned the way it was 80 to 100 years ago. You know, something really old-fashioned like we read the King James Bible. We teach from it. We try to follow it. That's old-fashioned. Sad to say in most churches, yeah, it's old-fashioned. How do I know that? Well, when we... uh, First moved to Texas back in 2005, my wife and I wanted to take a little time off. So for the first whole year, we didn't start a church. That meant my teenage daughter had to go around, and she said, Dad, I visited a different church in the area every Sunday. I could not find one that was even close to being correct. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? In the DFW area, that's some 50 different 52 different churches she visited. I saw them being publicly ridiculed, publicly assaulted because their ideas were old-fashioned and needed to go. Then I heard the cry. I've heard it for six months, but there was something added to it. I heard, brace yourself and endure it to the end. Just like that, I woke up. I woke up with my heart racing. Now let's go to the next topic. Number of the beast. Now we've covered this before. This is, there's a lot of different ways you, you, can, you, you can cover this or you can, you can hide it. But I believe that the 666 is, is assembled something like that or something like that in, a, in the carpet in a movie theater in Ohio. It's hidden in a lot of different places on Japanese TV. It's hidden on water glasses. It's in carpet of hotels. It looks something like that. That's one of the ways to hide 666. Now, there's a new place I've found it. Yes, I believe it's going to between the, uh, the eyes or between the thumb and the first finger. Now, on to the final topic. Everything wrong at the same time is the definition of a perfect storm. So what's going on? Okay, Newsweek said Texas could vote to secede from the United States in 2023 as the GOP pushes for referendum. It goes on to say under the section titled State Sovereignty, the platform states that the Texas Constitution has impaired our right to local self-government. Therefore, 
Federally mandated legislation that infringes on the Tenth Amendment rights of Texas should be ignored, opposed, refused, and nullified. Texas retains the right to secede from the United States, and the Texas legislature should be called upon to pass a referendum consistent thereto. Now, why is that dangerous? Well, you remember Chris Reed was told that some of the states will secede. Well, what was the Civil War over? Well, it was mainly about states' rights, surprisingly, not about skin color. It was, it was pushed forward as skin color, but what it really was is states' rights. They didn't want the states to secede. United we stand, divided we fall. So this is another thing saying that America is getting close to a fall. News Target says, red alert. Entire U.S. supply of diesel engine oil, now this is oil, this is not the fuel additive, this is oil additive, may be wiped out in just eight weeks. No more diesel engine oil. Okay, so how long can the diesel truck drive if the oil needs to be changed? You can push it a little while, but you can't push it too long. No more oil till 2023 due to force majeure, an additive chemical shortages. It goes on to say, Chemical manufacturers have ceased supply operations. Why would they cease supply operations? Because it is part of a man-made shortage trying to pull down our nation. With additive packages to create diesel engine oil. Without these additives, diesel engine oil manufacturers cannot produce the final oil products that lubricate diesel engines. Diesel engine oil can apparently no longer be produced in the USA, the current supply of diesel engine oil is expected to be wiped out within four to eight weeks. Okay, so I don't know how long that diesel engine oil can go before the diesel engine starts to seize up. Maybe a few more weeks, maybe a few more months, but it's safe to say by the end of the year, it's going to be a problem. Not only that, but the DEF fluid is now not being moved. It's not being manufactured, say some people. I hope it is. Okay, so if the diesel trucks can't move because they can't get their diesel fuel additive or the diesel engine oil, what does that put America? That puts America into a real bind. I thought this was interesting, too. In a 6-3 ruling, SCOTA says that the public school district violated the coach's free speech and free exercise rights when it barred him from praying on the field after games. Now, to us Christians, we say, great. We say hallelujah, but have we really thought it through? Look at they're angry over Roe v. Wade. They're angry over this. So now what happens when that internal revolution starts, when the tanks roll down the street into and take over and kick the bad guys out? <laughs> what happens? I'm telling you that you have not. Uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. I put Years ago, probably four or five years ago, I put a black preacher's words on the radio. And he said something like this. He said, do you think the, that, that you saw something bad when the blacks got mad? He said, you ain't seen nothing. He said, you wait till the whites get mad. And I mean, and he said it with <laughs> such conviction. I put it on the radio. He said, he ain't seen anything, anything yet. Okay, this is what is going to happen when the whites get mad. And this is going to be both the blacks and the whites. And it doesn't make any difference what the skin color is. By the way, speaking of that, 
just like the song says, red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. I, I, do, I, I don't think that the problem is skin color. I think it is the problem with whose God is in their heart. And I have some very precious skin, uh, friends that do not have my same skin color. I'm not big on the skin color. All right, let's go on. KSN.com, that means Kansas State Network. Headline says, Western Kansas wheat crops are failing just when the world needs them most. Says, this time of the year when the wheat growing in this part of Western Kansas should be thigh high and lush green. But as months of long drought continues to parts of the region, there's nothing out there. It's dead. It's just ankle high straw. I keep get, you're sending this to me. I keep getting these articles. Across western Kansas, many plants, or many fields planted when, with wheat months ago now look barren wastelands. The gaping spaces between rows of brown, shriveled plants reveal hardened dirt that's scarred with deep cracks from baking in the sun. It couldn't have come at a worse time. Wheat selling for near record high prices. A lot of farmers in western Kansas won't have anything to sell and will likely end up with far fewer bushels than they had last year. So what do we do? I actually made this loaf of bread. Matter of fact, I made a loaf uh, yesterday. Matter of fact, I had a slice for breakfast, and I had a slice for lunch. And my wife came in and said, would you like hamburger? And I said, no, I think I'm done for, done for today. So, because really, two slices of this particular kind of bread fills you up. And I'm not saying that's all you need, though. So back to Kansas. I also emailed our uh, our Joseph Kitchen. Of course, some of this I see is off the screen here, but it just spoke to one of our Kansas wheat farmers. He says, "It says they say their yields. I'm talking about the people that supply Joseph's Kitchen. Their yields have been extraordinarily good for protein and quality per acre. So Joseph Kitchen has wheat." For you to make your bread with. Again, that's another loaf of bread I made. I actually made that bread. Here's another one. I actually made that. And what you see off the left is a picture of inside our warehouse. And those big bags, those are what you call totes. Each one of those totes holds 25, or excuse me, 22,000 pounds of wheat. And of course, we now do it more professionally than that. But nevertheless, I'm just saying we got a lot of wheat. Yeah, you got a lot of wheat. And that is not even close to the wheat that we've got. So we've got wheat, and you want to get it. Josephskitchen.com. I'll tell you more about that in a second. Also, I'd recommend you have some gold and silver. There's a place for gold and silver. If you pull up to a gas station, they might not be willing to take a loaf of bread or two for a gallon or for a tank of gas. But they'll probably take a few silver coins and certainly for a gold coin. We send you to cornerstoneassetmetals.com. Tell them Prophecy Club sent you. And if you want to get supplies at Joseph Kitchen, most of those, I think I got an email today that said, you know what, I checked you out on that. You know, those, those you say it's nine or $10,000, and most of these other uh, long-term emergency food storage places, you say most of it costs nine or $10,000 a year for one person for one year. I checked it out. You're right. <laughs> I said, yes, I know I'm right. I've checked it out, too. That's what it costs, nine or $10,000 one person one year. But at Joseph's Kitchen, using wheat, we show people how to do it for around $1,000 a person per year. That's not half price. That's not 75% less. 
That's 90% less. Instead of 10000 about about $1,000 a year. And I believe God had us start this to feed his people. In the days of seven years of plenty and seven years of famine of Joseph and the Pharaoh, it was wheat that fed the world for seven years. So what I suggest you do is first you need to get a machine package. That's so you can grind the wheat berries into flour. Then you get a bread machine. You put that into the bread machine along with the six other ingredients. Push a button two hours and 20 minutes later you have a nice hop steaming loaf of bread that I showed you. And you got to decide how much food you want to get. You want to get food for two people one year? Here it is. Four people one year? Here it is. Six people one year? Here it is. By the way, I've not checked these prices in the last week or so, so don't be surprised with what they've gone up because I don't have to tell you, everything's going up. So I'm not saying those are the prices right now. <laughs> they've probably gone up. We're also getting emails saying, okay, so what happens when the electricity goes off? Well, we now have a solution. Here it is. It's a bread solar generator, and you can do a pre-order for $32.99, and that's being updated right now. But anyway, go to josephskitchen.com, and that, that will show you how to put, your, put this out in the sun, and it'll charge it, and you can make bread even when the electricity's off. Joseph's Kitchen. Dot com. josephskitchen.com If you go to watchprophecyclub.com, we have a very awesome special for you. We're offering seven two-and-a-half-hour DVDs valued at $210, normally $30 each, for a gift of $20. All of them you can watch for a gift of $20, and you can stream them all, seven, <laughs> for the next 90 days, all for a gift of $20. Now, here are the seven you get to watch. Russian defector invasion warning with Stanislav Lunev. This is the guy that came over and said, yes, they've smuggled suitcase nuclear bombs in America. This is the guy. You want to see him? Here it is. And then Russia's secret weapon to defeat America, Bill Snevelin, talking about scalar wave. Russian, Amer Russian bear awakes me, talking about how the Russian bear has been awaking. And the storm judgment revival, this is what we talked about a lot from Shane Warren when he's talking about how he saw a storm, an economic storm, and then the Gulf Lakes open up all the way down to Mexico, things like that. Top Secret Soviet War Plans by Jeff Nyquist. This is the guy that researches various Russian defectors. He's the one guy that brought us Stanislav Lunev, and he talks about how they plan to take out America. Then we had Pastor Massey talk on Babylonians are coming. He had like seven different dreams or visions also talking about the fall of America. And my favorite speaker, Henry Groover, talking on I Saw Subs Attack America. Now, here's how you can watch all seven of them for a gift of $20. Go to WatchProphecyClub.com, and then you want to click right here. Or actually, just scroll down to here, and it'll look like this. Click on Russia and Bible Prophecy. Click right here, and then you can go in. Click here. You sign up. Now, this is a really good deal to get Russian Video 7 DVD bundle for $20 for three months. That's a good deal. But the best deal is right here. You get you can get $20 a month forever, and you can watch any, any number of over 300 DVDs. But the best deal is right here. Get an annual subscription, $200 a year, and you can have all of these 300 DVDs that you access anytime you want to, and you can do that by going to WatchProphecyClub.com. The best deal is not $20 a month. The best deal is $200 a year, and you can watch over 300 DVDs. 
Really good deal. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out. $20 a month or $200 a year. Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.